This is the podcast The Rock for September 1st. My name is Luke, host of the YouTube channel Rock, covering everything from rock, alternative metal, and everything in between. I'd like to apologize for not having a podcast last week. I was having a moderate allergic reaction to something. I woke up in the morning literally sneezing every 60 seconds, going through several boxes of Kleenex throughout the day. Better now. Sorry about that. Also like to thank HelloFresh for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. You can get a 50% discount on a box of HelloFresh by using the code and link in this podcast description. Even if you are a previous subscriber and canceled before, you can still sign up for this new deal. Use the HelloFresh link in the description with my code to get that discount. The topic of today's podcast goes with Rob Zombie and that I just saw the Freaks on Parade 2 tour, I guess you could say, because I saw Freaks on Parade and shot that concert and series last year. This year, it featured Rob Zombie, Alice Cooper, Ministry, and Filter. I just saw that as an attendee, just as a guest, did not have my cameras this time. I have to say though, I was a little surprised by a few things. First of all, this tour is featuring several artists who are not exactly kid-friendly. However, I've seen Rob Zombie many times over the years, both as an attendee, full-on concerts, festival appearances, up close, from the crowd, you name it. It always felt like it was not a big deal for a kid to be there, though. I never once felt that at a festival or a big concert or an amphitheater, like kids couldn't be at that show. It was spooky, good time fun. Hard rock, nothing really too vulgar. Yeah, this Freaks on Parade tour in 2023 was pretty vulgar and obscene and lewd and definitely not an all-ages show, even though it was advertised by the venues or throughout on this tour as an all-ages show. That was a little awkward in some moments because I've seen Rob Zombie again many times over the years. This time he was showing graphic violent footage from some of his previous movies on the big screen during songs, between songs. He was advertising theatrical re-release of one of his older movies, the 20 year anniversary. There was a lot of obscene violence. And again, that's Rob Zombie's foray in the movies. It was not expected here though. And for one thing, if you are the, the least bit squeamish, a lot of this stuff really upset you. It was intense and they did not hold back. It was just felt out of place because Rob Zombie, all the times I've seen him over the many years, never did that. Then at one point in the show, before they played one of the classic white zombie hits, Rob Zombie takes on the mic and goes, everyone, can we please just put our cell phones away for three minutes? Can we all commit? No one record this one song. Let's just live in the moment. It was the nice little typical speech to put your phones away and just enjoy a song. A lot of bands and artists do this. After he got that message in committal from the big crowd at the amphitheater, the full three-minute track was nothing but topless women and nudity and at times full frontal nudity on the big screens throughout the amphitheater. Methinks him asking for a live in the moment speech or a live in the moment thing from the crowd and asking not to be recorded was much more planned than just wanting people to live in the moment. As I saw that unfold, I realized, okay, there's a clever reason why he did this, but it adds to the argument, yeah, this show is not for the family and definitely not for all ages. Again, Amphitheaters and venues did not list this as an adults-only show, even though when you got to Rob Zombie, it was an adults-only show. Obscene horrific violence and full frontal nudity, along with the biggest hits from Rob Zombie over the years. Right off the bat, I know there's going to be some really um, dense fans 
trying to make arguments. That's what rock and roll is all about, you prude. Well, that's a weak argument because Rob Zombie didn't do this stuff before and his shows were still just as much rock and roll, just like every other show that's been at the amphitheaters and venues and tours. So it doesn't really hold much water. My argument is, if you're going to do that and people expect an artist to do that, advertise it as such. That's it. My wife and I both saw people leaving during Rob Zombie's show with families, both kids and teenagers and stuff. It was a little intense, more so for the violence part, because that was not expected. But then when it got to full frontal nudity, I think that's when everyone said, okay, this is too much, man. Come on. I don't know. I just feel that if that's going to be the case, it needs to be advertised and such. And I can't blame every venue for this. How are they supposed to know? They've had Rob Zombie there many times before. This was never an issue. Correct me if I'm wrong, if this did not happen at other venues. This happened at Virginia Beach is the show I saw. And I can't stress enough, it got a little weird. And I'd say that weird as in people weren't reacting wildly and raucously. No one was into the music as much in some parts because they were just kind of staring at screens and looking around a bit. Rob sounded great. Band sounded great. Whole night sounded great even. But it definitely took us out of the element a little bit. So I leave this question for you. Should all ages shows really hold to something like that? Should the artists make it more aware that this is not a kid-friendly show, even if it's at a kid-friendly venue like an amphitheater? I, for one, say it's not a big deal to put on the ad mat on that poster with all the tour dates when a tour is announced. This is a mature show. You don't have to put like the classic parental advisory label. You don't have to say we're not censoring, get all edgelord about it, but just say, hey, this is going to be a Freaks on Parade tour. It is not going to be for kids. I think that would have gone along because the tour sold great. So I don't know. Just some thoughts about this. Uh, they're not the only bands and artists to do this. Rock and metal are going to have stuff like this from now on every genre. Whatever it is, I want to know your thoughts because yeah, it just begs the question, what should venues do when they know an artist is going to cross the line and it's already too late to tell people? Moving on to Metallica's massive stadium tour, they can hold their heads high because they dethroned the Swifties, setting an all-time single-show record at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, beating out Taylor Swift. That happened for two incredible sold-out nights, and the one night did say for a single show, the numbers were massive. Now keep in mind, this is just paid attendance. The venue itself has a capacity of 70,240 seats, approximately 78,000 fans to each of the SoFi concerts over the weekend, each. 78,000 each, each day. For 70,000 seats and then more in the snake pit and on the floor. That is massive. That snake pit then really works. There's also a viral video going around of people at the SoFi Stadium rejecting snake pit tickets from the staff and crew because they didn't know what snake pit was or they thought it was a bit. But there were some people that took it and got a free upgrade of $1,000 worth of seats just to see if people would take it or not. A reported 156000 Thousand tickets were purchased for the two-night run at SoFi. That big stadium tour is going to continue sporadically throughout the rest of the year in the United States. I'm excited to see what they do. I've already seen footage from the New York and LA performances. Everything from the production looks fantastic. Glad to see something like this and glad to see that so many people are coming out to shows still. 
Speaking of touring news and just festivals more appropriately, because I'm about to cover two festivals this, this month, please pray for my feet. Garbage, and especially Shirley Manchin brought up a great point about big names and name placement in festival posters. There have been memes about this every now and then where some smaller bands complain about how big their name is or how small the font is on a poster. Shirley Manson made a great point about this because, in her words, the music business does not treat its veterans with gentle hands. It was years ago in the late 90s when Garbage was on top of the world and doing so many great things that they were performing at festivals and headlining in Europe, like at Reading Festival, they were also playing above New Order, and they were freaking out about stuff like that. Manson recalled, 25 years ago, I spent the entire day feeling mortified that they were headlining above New Order. It was the same summer that we landed on higher bills above Bob Dylan, Nick Cave, and Patti Smith. Every time we wanted to grovel with embarrassment at the feet of our heroes. This is coming from Garbage, who were on top of the world in 98, in Europe and the United States throughout the 90s, and they felt they were inferior, and why were they being put that high on the bill? But Manson would really learn that that's just how the business runs it. Shirley Manson said, We're grateful to still be here, playing and surfing and soaring through the time whilst being healed by the people. You, the people, we thank you for allowing us a seat at the table for over 25 years. We are forever in your debt. One very classy and very professional statement from Shirley Manson addressing this because this has been not an issue, but just a minor complaint from a lot of people, fans and people in the industry over the years. This is coming from someone who's seen it from both sides. So it's kind of nice to see that. So when you see massive festival posters like Riot Fest and Blue Ridge Rock Fest and Austin City Limits and the many, many, many more, they do have bigger names and smaller names, but they're there for a reason. Marketing. That's it. What do they think is going to get the most attention right away to sell tickets as fast as possible? That's really the main reason why. They don't even have the set list, or set list. They don't have schedules even done by that point when they first post those posters and ad mats. So keep in mind, they have a lot of stuff to work with, but they also really do understand the marketing side. It's more of a professional thing and not a slight on certain bands. Shirley Manson said, Now a news coming from Australia as we came as Romans were on tour. It turns out there was an almost big theft attempt and maybe some damaged gear, but no one was hurt from the band. From the band mention. It turns out that some thief broke into the hotel, locked himself in with the guitarist, locked out of his room banging to get in, and the thief grabbed a bunch of stuff, then jumped out the window. The problem? It was the fifth story. The thief survived, but with some pretty serious injuries. After landing on the ground below, the thief survived the five-story fall and then called emergency services himself and received on-site treatment until he was loaded and taken away by an ambulance and gave a lot of the stuff back. The thief was 37. The band is fine. I'm not sure if the thief is going to have a full 100% recovery or not, because again, five-story fall. But it was said by We Came As Romans, Australia has been amazing. We unfortunately had an odd run in Adelaide this morning but thankfully we're all okay. Linking to the news story from 7 News Adelaide. I'll put that on rock.net if you want to see it. Just goes to show, if you're going to a hotel, use that little safe. And you have too much gear in there, like guitars that won't fit. I don't know, lock it up or something. Jeez, you can't go anywhere now. Shirley Manson said, Finally, in some new music news, there was a lot of stuff that dropped this week, along with new album announcements coming the rest of this fall and winter. Slow Dive just released a new album today, which is really great if you're into the shoegaze stuff. We got announcements that King has returning, K-Y-N-G, with their first single and video in many years. Dying Wish released a new song. There's gonna be a lot of stuff to cover on New Music Night. And I wanna say one final thing. A big fatty congratulations 
to Avatar, who this past Monday announced their first number one single on rock radio on mainstream Billboard with The Dirt I'm Buried In. That was my favorite song from Avatar's latest album. I can't say there's a more deserving band out there who has been going strong since they just cut out of high school. They've been doing this for a long time coming out of Sweden, and I'm so happy to see Avatar continuing to get newer audiences. Again, lots of new stuff to cover on New Music Night. We stream for at least two hours on the YouTube channel playing new stuff from rock alternative metal and new punk industrial and everything in between. The new music dropped this past week, and you can make your own suggestions for donations. All donations will go to one, paying off any serious debts I have for animal bills, and two, getting treats for said animals. Because there are two good boys in my office right now as I record this who are looking for some good boy treats. And I just don't know if I can get them to them right now. Stop by New Music Night if you want to donate. Thank you again for tuning in. Hope you all have a fantastic week. See you at New Music Night. And remember, if you're going to Australia, lock your stuff up. Jeez, that fifth story building. I know they have kangaroos down there, but I assure you that kangaroo DNA does not translate just when you need it to if you think you can jump and land from a five story fall.